Hello and welcome to Nice Talks. I'm Matthew Brown, a member of NICE's media relations team. In this episode, we're going to be discovering more about NICE's proposed prioritisation framework and how this will benefit patients and the health system to ensure NICE is focusing on what matters most while at the same time ensuring clinical and cost-effective treatments are value for money for the taxpayer. Joining me to discuss these topics is Professor Jonathan Benger, Chief Medical Officer and Interim Director for the Centre for Guidelines at NICE, and Dr Jeanette Dixon, Chair of the Council of the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges. Thank you both for joining me. My first question is for you, Jonathan. What is topic selection? Are we referring to guidelines, medicines, health tech or all? And can you give us an overview of what exactly we're discussing here today? The new approach to topic selection that NICE is adopting is a universal one across all of NICE guidance products. So our approach to medicines, medtech and guidelines. And our intention is to unify our overall approach so that we have an oversight of all of the work that we're prioritising through the organisation, that we're doing that in a consistent and transparent way, and so that we prioritise the right things. So in particular, that we prioritise the things of maximum relevance to the health and care system to meet the needs of health and care practitioners and commissioners of services. Of course, NICE has some statutory responsibilities in relation to medicines in particular. They won't change, but we do want to ensure that we have a really coordinated and relevant approach in everything that we do in selecting the topics that we will produce guidance for. While I understand that NICE will still work closely with our sponsor teams at the Department of Health and Social Care and NHS England to address areas of concern and system need going forward, Jonathan, can you explain what the new proposals for topic selection are? So surprisingly, when we looked across NICE, we found six different committees or groups that were involved in topic selection across the various elements of NICE's guidance. So in looking at those, what we realised was that there was a risk of both duplication, some inefficiencies and also some confusion in dealing with external stakeholders who would see NICE as a single entity, when of course NICE does have distinct guidance producing centres relating to health technology and guidelines and a specific role in relation to medicines. So what we're doing is bringing those six different functions together into a single unified prioritisation board, which will be chaired by the Chief Medical Officer, that's me, and that prioritisation board will be a clinically-led board, which will sit within NICE in the clinical directorate and will take an overview of the entirety of the programme of work. So what we're really doing is bringing together all of the expertise, all of the skills, all of the knowledge of our existing teams into a single team in order to create something that's more consistent in dealing with external stakeholders and is able to take an oversight of our entire portfolio of work. And turning to you, Jeanette, can you outline how the Academy and its constituent colleges and specialist societies engage with NICE on topic selection currently? And is there an opportunity for NICE to improve the way it goes about prioritisation? At the moment, the Academy and NICE have regular meetings and we have a good discussion between each other about horizon scanning, about what's coming and what's not coming, but there's no formal process. I think the problem is the Academy covers all of the colleges and faculties within medicine. So we've got all of primary care, all of secondary care, and what's relevant to one is really not relevant to all. So I think it's about us helping source our subject matter experts who can help NICE with specific areas which NICE is looking at. 
What we do at the Academy is we have a, a suite of work called Evidence-Based Interventions, which is very complementary to what NICE does. It's about tests, treatments, procedures where there's evidence that you shouldn't do them or they should only be done in certain circumstances. Medicine evolves all the time. The evidence base shifts all the time. What was right 10 years ago is not right now. So it's a way of getting doctors to be able to stop doing those things where things have moved on. We recognise that working with NICE, we can come up with those relevant topics where there's truly need for direction. To focus on what matters most, NICE is creating relevant, timely and impactful guidance that addresses system needs. So Jeanette, can you suggest where NICE should be focusing its efforts to make a significant difference? I think that's a really tricky one because I think for all doctors, what's relevant to them is not what's relevant to everybody else. I think there's something about the big hitters, you know, the very common areas, very common conditions, very common drugs, common procedures. There's also something about where there is new evidence, where things change. I think there's no magic bullet, in essence, that can make this relevant for all doctors. So I think it's looking at impact, and as Jonathan said, economic modelling is a really, really important facet of NICE that's really well-respected internationally. The caveat I would put on that is we cannot be seen to be using this kind of reviews as a way to target, for example, backlogs and waiting lists and current service pressures. To make it relevant for doctors, they have to believe in its impartiality. They have to believe it's about what's best for patients. And I think that's where NICE has its major value. And if I can, Jonathan, I'll come back to you now. Um, can you tell us what will the proposals mean for patients and how will they have their say? So we're very keen to ensure that patients and public are involved closely in our prioritisation process for the future. Uh, we really value input from patient and public partners in making all the decisions that we make at NICE and in developing guidance for the health and care system. We are setting up a specific strand of patient and public involvement whereby representatives from a very wide range of backgrounds will have the opportunity to consider each of the areas that we will be prioritising and will feed in directly into our prioritisation board meetings. So we intend to have representatives of patients and public at board meetings, giving us a very clear view on what's of most value to the patients and public that receive health and care services in England. And we see that as being integral to our decision making. And Jonathan, can you tell us about um, what happens about the displacement caused by the prioritisation of certain topics? For every winner, there will obviously be a loser. How can NICE manage these challenges and be transparent in its decision-making? Well, it's completely true that we have a limited resource that we must deploy with maximum efficiency and effectiveness. And so the challenge for NICE is to choose the right topics that will have the biggest impact on the health and care system. I'm keen to avoid duplicating areas where we already have good guidance available to health and care practitioners and commissioners of care and to focus on areas where NICE is able to add specific value. NICE is able to add specific value in quite a wide range of areas, specifically in cost-effectiveness. NICE has a long and very important history in establishing the cost-effectiveness of various treatment options, and we have the capacity to undertake independent economic modelling, which is very important in constructing our guidance products. We also, in effect, have the opportunity to take on some of the more challenging and controversial areas. We have 
a high degree of expertise in systematic reviews, methodology and guideline production. And so we need to choose those areas that will have significant impact on the system that are relevant to the major problems that face the health and care system today. And we need to make sure that, that we choose wisely. It's completely the case that every time we make a choice, we are implicitly also choosing not to do other things that we could do. And that's why I want to try and take an overview of our approach through the new prioritisation board. Why I want to make sure that we engage our stakeholders effectively. And why I'm committed to publishing what we do and how we do it in a transparent way, which has always been part of NICE's core methodology, so that people understand how we make the decisions that we make and understand how we've chosen to prioritise certain topics. Unfortunately, it's impossible to please everybody, of course, and in some respects, the challenge is to ensure that we do the most good with the resources that are available to us. And Jeanette, coming back to you, tackling health inequalities and uh, promoting sustainability are two goals that NICE is planning to include in its new approach to topic selection. How can NICE and the Academy work together to promote these aims? I think healthcare inequalities and sustainability are things that are both really important to us as clinicians, but I think they're incredibly important to our patients as well. And I think it behoves us to really try and get this right. I don't know that I have a lot of answers about how we can do it, but I think the things we need to think about are in an area where we've got multiple comorbidities, we've got an ageing population who are going to acquire more comorbidities. It's at that interface where if you're on certain drugs for your heart failure, they interfere with your renal function. We send you to a nephrologist, you have drugs for your renal function that interfere with your cardiac function and essentially you get two clinicians and a bit of a Mexican standoff, which is never a good place for the patient to be. And I think the Academy and NICE can come together to work out where those overlaps are going to be and increasingly we're all going to be older and if we are lucky to live we're almost certainly going to acquire multiple comorbidities so I think it's about us coming together to find out where the pathway is that we stop looking at things as a silo because patients don't exist in silos they exist across silos and try and look at it in a more pathway form or a more dynamic form of how do we prevent more harm I think it's really important we try and find the relevant topics, we try and find those that are highly impactful in terms of the population because I think the one thing we don't want to do is create a two-tier system where if you have money and you're well educated and you're articulate and engaged in your healthcare that your outcomes get increasingly better whereas if you don't have money and you're not knowledgeable about healthcare and you're not knowledgeable about how to navigate things your outcomes come worse. Essentially, sustainability is almost the raison d'etre to nice, isn't it? You know, if we do things that are economically sensible and economically impactful across the piece, then the resources are freed up to do other things. And I think our own EBI project is trying to do the same thing. It's about trying to free up resource, trying to make the resource we have be used in the most efficient way possible. And if that's not sustainability, I'm not sure what it would be. And Jeanette, my final question to you is, if you were to decide on the guidance that NICE should prioritise, what would be your top three picks for the coming year? I think that's a really tricky one. As I say, it's about where you can see guidance emerging and drugs emerging, technologies emerging that will benefit huge groups of people. And Alzheimer's is the obvious one. 
trying to see this not in terms of, dare I say it, the sort of political noise in the background. This is a, a year of running up to an election. This is a year where there are stresses and strains on the NHS as always, but they seem more focused this year. So I think it's about being true to those nice edicts of what will benefit the population, what will move population health in its true, in its widest sense forward. I think it's also useful to say, you know, a bit of myth busting. So for example, if there is AI that can be deployed immediately to assist clinicians and assist patients getting through pathways quicker, getting to diagnosis quicker, I think yes, but in many ways, is it worthwhile saying actually not quite yet? That's a really good message to say, don't put your eggs in this basket this year. The time has not yet arrived. So I think the positives and the negatives are both equally important, but I think it's very difficult to say what I would say beyond that. And Jonathan, the final question of the episode goes to you. When will NICE start consulting on the proposed changes and when might we expect the first decisions to be implemented? So we are beginning a process of stakeholder engagement and consultation as we move into the autumn. That's beginning internally and the proposals were considered by the NICE board and we will be moving to a process of much wider external consultation with the wider system and our colleagues, for example, in the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges and across the health and care system. And that will begin in October. We're also undertaking a a formal NICE Listens Deliberative, which will give an opportunity for a very wide range of patient, public, third sector and other stakeholders to comment on our proposals. We are setting up a shadow prioritisation board that will have its first meeting in just a week's time. And that board will run in shadow form for six months with a view to becoming fully operational in April 2024. So over the next six months, we'll be taking feedback, listening very carefully to stakeholders, refining and iterating our processes. And in April 2024, the new prioritisation board and process should be up and running and making a difference in terms of ensuring that we prioritise those topics that are most relevant to the health and care system. to Jeanette and Jonathan for joining me on this episode of Nice Talks and thank you for listening. If you found what you've heard interesting, recommend us to a friend or colleague and hit subscribe to keep up to date with our monthly podcast. You can find us on social media too. Search for at NiceComs. Until next time. <laughs>